G'day, I'm Troy Dean, and welcome to episode 68 of the WP Elevation podcast. Our feature guest this week is Kim Gerstard from Male Poet. Kim is one of four founders of Male Poet, which is an email newsletter plugin for WordPress. Think of it as MailChimp inside WordPress. According to builtwith.com, MailPoet is installed on over 94,000 websites as we speak. So let's find out how Kim and his team have used the freemium model to grow their business. They're now, they're now a team of 12, and uh, let's have a look at some of the challenges that they faced along the way. Kim is also very kindly giving away 10 blogger licenses of MailPoet Premium, which, is, which are valued at $99 each. So stick around for details later in the interview on how you can enter that competition. Stay with us. Let's elevate. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. This episode of the WP Elevation Podcast is brought to you by WP Migrate DB Pro, the database migration plugin that allows you to very quickly migrate databases between WordPress installations. Our good friends uh, at Delicious Brains, Brad Tauernard at Delicious Brains, is they're sponsoring this episode of the WP Elevation podcast. So right now, let's go and hear from one of their customers and one of their regular users and find out what it's all about. Hey, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation, and we have on the line here Jack McConnell from Voltronic. Hey, Jack, how are you? Hi, good, yeah. Excellent. Thanks for, for joining us and sitting up late in the UK here to join us on the podcast to talk about WP Migrate DB Pro. Before we get into that, tell us why database syncing and importing and exporting is important from a WordPress development point of view. Why does it even matter? Um, well, it just takes so much time, really. I mean, you know, the great thing about WordPress is so easy to use, but there's always that database thing behind it that helps it run. And, you know, you need to somehow have a staging environment, a development environment, you know, a live environment, and you need to make sure those things match up. And getting all that well synced is can be a bit of a nightmare. So getting that right is really important for, you know, develop your development workflow. I made this mistake really early on uh, in my career when I was developing something locally and trying some new features, new plugins, new page templates, and then I pushed it live and I didn't take into account that there was different content on the live site and of course it didn't turn out how I wanted it and I think that's a bit of a rookie mistake that can be made. Yeah absolutely I, I think so too and uh, I've done that too many a times. <laughs> yeah what, what were you doing before you discovered WP Migrate DB Pro? How were you doing this? Um, I think I probably just exported it. Uh, I use MAMP in my local um, uh, dev environment, and I think I probably just exported it, imported it using phpMyAdmin, um, <laughs> changed the site URL, home URL manually in phpMyAdmin, and I think I used, uh, I think is it Velvet Blues URL renamer or whatever it is. So it goes through and says, what's your old site URL, what's your new site URL, and it goes through and sort of, looks through the database and finds it and changes it for you, but um, it's a bit fiddly. So how did you discover, obviously you, you realised this was a bit fiddly and was taking up a bit of time and you were looking for a better solution. How did you discover WP Migrate DB Pro? Um, I think it was via Twitter actually. Um, I can't remember exactly how, but I think all of a sudden, I think it was just when it when the Pro version was launched, I think it was maybe a, you know X percent off, you know, new new product kind of sale and um, I had a look at it I thought wow this is 
pretty much exactly what I wanted and I didn't realize that I, I needed it you know I just <laughs> as soon as I saw it I was like yeah this will really be great so I, I got it straight away I think I got an kind of like the unlimited license straight away awesome I never looked back <laughs> so so for those that have never used it or don't know how it works just tell us briefly how it works uh, so each site has uh, kind of like a code it's like a, a serial after a after the URL, um, like a, a unique key, really. Um, and what you do is you copy that from one site into another, and you can set either site to pull or push from one or the other, or export, whatever you want. So you might have your dev environment, um, and you want to push up all the changes from your dev environment up and onto the staging site or a live site. And you can say, okay, here's the key for staging site, drop that in there. I want to push this there. I want to copy all the database tables, or I only want to copy a few of them. Um, I want to uh, make sure all my um, plugins that are in my dev on my dev environment are copied across or not copied across as well. And there is an option for syncing up the media files as well, so it means you don't have to use kind of FTP just to push up a load of changes. Say if you just push a load of blog posts, then you can get all that to to work as well. Wow. Um, I, it's fantastic, isn't it? And t tell me, tell me about the serialized. For those that don't understand serialized data, tell me how the serialized data thing works, because that's a really unique feature, isn't it? Yeah. To be honest, I haven't really taken much notice of it um, myself. Um, I just kind of, I just let it work. Right. Um, I guess that's kind of the point. But you know, it just does a great job of search and replace, really, uh, throughout everything, and just making sure that so in the right format, it takes out all of the. Um, you know, forward slashes and, you know, special characters and just make sure it doesn't get messed up in transit. Yeah, I think, so the way I understand the serialization is that if, if your URL is like 17 characters long on the staging environment, but your URL on the live environment is like 23 characters long, then it goes through and replaces the URL, but it also tells the database that this string is now 23 characters and not 17. So you don't get any, you don't get any kind of... Um, uh, errors in the database, which is a really clever because the old just doing the old find and replace in PHP or admin's not going to take care of that. So uh, the serialized thing, I think, is a really unique, uh, really unique feature. What's yeah. how, what's the main benefit for you? Is is it a time saving thing for you, or is it a peace of mind thing that the data that you're working on and staging and, and live is is the same copy? Um, it is a time saving thing, definitely. It, it I mean it it takes five minutes to do it the old way, and it takes 30 seconds to a minute to do it the new way and you just kind of let it do its thing you know you don't have to be there you can get a cup of tea or a coffee or something whilst you wait um, and it, it is a time-saving thing but it's just it's so much easier just to be able to kind of when you've got lots of PHP my admin and Windows open it can be a bit um, confusing which one you're in always you know so to say just to look at a screen and just say I'm pulling I'm pushing, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's so clear, the de and the design of the plugin's so good that it's so clear. Um, you just, there's no, it takes the room, of, uh, the room for error out, really. Yeah, awesome. Well, I hope this inspires, because um, I know when I first started out, I wasn't doing staging environments. I was kind of doing the old cowboy coding, you know, like coding on live sites and f keeping my fingers crossed every time I hit save in my, in my editor. So I hope that this plugin now inspires some guys to actually set, and girls, to set up their own, local development environments and some staging environments knowing that they can keep their databases in sync using WP Migrate DB Pro because having staging and development environments is really important. So, hey, Jack, thank you very much for spending some time with us and telling us your experience of WP Migrate DB Pro and uh, look forward to keeping in touch.
No worries. Thanks very much. Thanks, man. All right, our feature guest this week is Kim Gerstard from Male Poet. As I mentioned in the introduction, Male Poet is a free uh, and a premium email newsletter plugin for WordPress. Think of it as MailChimp inside WordPress. Their freemium model has allowed them to grow to a team of 12. They were originally called What You Sent Is Just Awesome, Wizija. W-Y-S-I-J-A, and we talk about why they changed their name from that to Male Poet. would seem pretty obvious, but anyway, good to get Kim's insight uh, into that. Uh, the plugin is currently installed on over 94,000 websites, according to Built With, and uh, I met Kim a couple of years ago at Pressnomics for the first time and hung out with him, and he's a lovely, lovely guy and is very ambitious and is looking at building something uh, pretty big with uh, Male Poet. So, without further ado, uh, let's go and meet Kim Gerstard. G'day, Troy Dean from WP Elevation, and I'm very pleased to have with me all the way from France, I believe, my good friend Kim Gerstard from Male Poet. Hey, Kim, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Awesome. I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us on the WP Elevation podcast. Now, you are in France these days, is that right? That's correct. I've been based in France for the last six years. Awesome. So what time is it where you are right now? It's 10 p.m. Wow. All right. So, and it's Thursday, yeah? Yeah, that's, uh, that's right. It's Thursday. Cool. Awesome. Well, for those that don't know, Male Poet, we're going to talk a lot about Male Poet, and we're going to talk a lot about building a WordPress business. For those that don't know, Male Poet is an email newsletter plugin for WordPress, and we're going to talk a lot more about that uh, in a moment. But before we get there, Kim has very kindly, very kindly sponsored 10 blogger licenses of Male Poet valued at $99 each. That's an amazing prize. Stick around for details on how you can enter the draw to win one of those licenses. Hey, Kim, before we start geeking off about all things WordPress, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I wanted to be the, the, the classics, right? I wanted to be first like a fireman, then an astronaut. <laughs> and then as I got a little older, it was more, okay, maybe politics or, uh, or history. So in the end, I just fell into the web. I was just too much of a geek. So. <laughs> and how, how did you discover the web? Like when did you first think, okay, the internet is something that I can build a business out of here? Wow. Uh, the first time I really got into the internet was when, but that was back in 1990. I think we got our first connection at home in 96 or 97. And then I was really interested in, in just design and print. And uh, while I was looking for a job, I, my first ever job, it turned out to be an internship at a a company doing uh, web web applications back in just that was even before the first bubble like pop. So uh, it was just the first real massive drive of the internet. It was exciting, exciting times. Wow! Do you remember the first time you saw the WordPress dashboard? I do remember the first time I was introduced to it by a friend, and uh, that was in two thousand and. Five, I believe, and back I was already setting up. I had built my own CMS in C Sharp back then. I had also uh, taken a friend's CMS, which was in PHP. And when I saw the, it was really the five this five minute install, which is not really a five minutes, <laughs> but the promise the promise of that install was like, wow, okay. Uh, the, and then the interface was really just very simple. 
uh, spending a lot of time teaching people how to use WordPress is a, can be a real drag. So if you can just hand them over something that they understand quickly, that's what it sold me immediately. Yeah, you're right. And I think the guys are automatic. Big shout out. You really need to update that five-minute install because it's not a five-minute install. Come on. <laughs> I don't know anyone who believes it's a five-minute install. Um did you were you playing around with other CMSs at the time? Like, did you like did you flirt with Drupal or Joomla or Mamba or any of those other ones back then? No, we were uh, in the projects I was working on. It was so either we built it ourselves or we we had uh, sort of custom made CMSs. Uh, was it there was uh, there was one or two out of the box uh, that that we had installed and tested, but it was nothing. Uh, it was really I think WordPress was really the first big community one that I put my hands on, yeah. and of course the community was also a, a major plus. Suddenly you had resources, you yeah. know. So wow, I remember the first time I saw the plugin repository, and I, I just it was like the skies had opened up and and heaven had arrived, you know. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. There was all this functionality for free and all these great developers supporting it. It was, it's, it's truly unique, isn't it? Yeah, it is. No, no, it truly is. The repository has, uh, I, I, I shared the same thing. I was like, oh my God, I can have a countdown timer to this. I can have a calendar here. And I, 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 it, was really, uh, it was really something that was uh, extremely tempting and I, I couldn't have foreseen the commercialization of it back then, you know. Mm. And I'm still mixed about it because, I mean, our plugin is a freemium. And I, I love free. Who doesn't? We mm. all like free. So I think the repo people have done a great job at keeping it free for the time being. So Yeah. We're going to talk more about freemium as the uh, interview rolls on. Uh, but before we get there, how do you describe what you do in one sentence? When you meet someone for the first time and they say, hey, Kim, what do you do? What's your elevator pitch, so to speak? Um, since, since, uh, I basically, if, an, if anyone knows a bit about tech, I'll say we're a newsletter plugin for WordPress and then, uh, or if people don't understand, I just say I work in, you know, newsletters or spam if you want, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or, uh, if, if some people seem a little like, uh, confused by it, I just say, well, think if you know MailChimp, think of MailChimp in WordPress. Uh. That's what we do. That's nice. In fact, that's one of the things that they teach you in like incubators and accelerators and when you're pitching ideas is to come up with, well, we are X for Y. So you are MailChimp correct. inside WordPress. I like it. Yeah, correct. Um, what, what, what do you actually, what does Kim actually spend most of his time doing day to day? Are you actually coding or are you managing people or what are you doing? Well, that's a good question. I'm a, we're a team of 12 and I'm a non-developer. Um, I, well, I used to be, but a poor, poor one at that. Um, I'm basically a business dev, uh, product manager, um, project manager. So a lot of my day-to-day -day is split in between several little tasks. Uh, and not one big task like coding or et cetera. Sure. And, and how many, just, just remind me, how many founders are there or how many partners are there in MailPoet? We're actually four, there's four of us, and one of them is a silent partner. Right. 
Cool. Is that is that tricky? Like like negotiating with three with like two other people who have a say in the decisions. It is. Uh, it is. And uh, like it's it, like many other businesses in WordPress, we actually had never really worked with one another. And I hadn't really, we, we got together, actually it all started because I met a guy at a party who did a newsletter plugin for Joomla. Uh-huh. And I was like, really? And uh, I checked up on his business and I, I, with a bit of research and true friends, I got to find out that he was fairly a successful guy. And having used mail, um, WordPress in so many different circumstances, I was like, you know, emailing in WordPress is really always complicated and mm. painful. And l- let's let's try to make it easier. So I convinced him and two other, go- two other guys joined. That's how we started. Wow. Awesome. So it all started at a party, huh? <laughs> yeah. And it is difficult to it is difficult to make a decision when it's much easier to have to start a business if you're two or three people. Uh, going alone is tricky because if you get down, nobody's there to you know to help you out or encourage you. And four or three or above gets tricky because when this difficult con- decisions have to be made, uh, the you know democracy gets tricky really quickly. So. Uh, we've managed, uh, we just gave ourselves a promise never to fight and uh, to sort of agree. Of course, sometimes uh, you have to be a little pushy. So I'm known to be a pushy guy, but... <laughs> so so, you're, so you, you've learned to be pushy, yeah? Yeah, well, you have to argue your way out of things. So. Yeah, because you're pretty... La- I mean, I met you at Pressnomics a couple of years ago and you're pretty laid back naturally, right? So... How do you how do you go in those conflict situations? <laughs> well, that's just a facade because I'm kind of an intense kind of guy. So, um, right, it's uh, the the thing is, if you really get upset or you really don't agree, just step back and take the decision a week later or a day later. Yeah. Don't confront people when you're all charged up. That doesn't work. Yeah. Never. It's really good advice. Just sleep on it because it's funny what a good night's sleep does in the, in the sort of the cold light of the next day. You realize it's all about perspective, isn't it? Something that seems yeah. so massive on Monday, on Tuesday, can just pale into insignificance. Yeah, and, and also you'll, you, you get to notice that you change your own perspective and ideas. Yeah. And you were defending an, uh, your idea a week ago and then the next you're like, you're totally right. I yeah, didn't yeah. see that before. So <laughs> my, my business partner and I have actually swapped, we've swapped stances on issues before. Like three months yeah. ago, we were arguing the opposite and now we've switched. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. what, what's the one thing that keeps you awake at night? Um, to, the one thing that keeps me awake at night is that I just want to, we just want to build a sustainable business. Uh, where we treat our, um, where we treat our employees right and we give them our, and ourselves the opportunity to succeed. And that's a whole bunch of different factors. So I could sleep over, sometimes I, so it, 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 can, it can change, but the overall goal is that one. Mm, nice. And um, what do you do when you're not working? Like, do you, do you have any downtime? How do you keep your head together? That's a good question. I do, there are usually things, uh, I st- started yoga recently oh, and, cool. uh, and, and actually yoga is just stretching. So you yeah. take an hour to stretch and you feel really good. 
Um, I also am a squash player, so oh. I've been playing squash for 10 years. Nice. So I like to hit the courts. That's terrible for the knees, <laughs> isn't it, squash? My wife and yeah. I play squash a bit, and it's really bad for the knees, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, and I, I also like to cook, so... Uh, oh. Cooking is another, uh, it's one of, another one of these activities where you have to focus, your mind suddenly has to, has to structure itself a little differently and there's like, uh, you have to keep the time, things are cooking, so yeah. you have to be prepared, you have to execute and then you deliver and when you deliver, you usually share it with people yeah. and that's where you get all the recognition. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. And do you find, as you said, cooking is one of those activities where you, you have to put 100% of your mental focus into that. So you're not thinking about, you know, what's going on in the business. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Awesome. Um, if you could, this kind of ties into the, the question about what keeps you awake at night. But if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing about the business right now, what would that be? Well, we're a bootstrap business and being bootstrap has its own difficulties. And... Uh, now, I'm really happy we don't have uh, people in our backs pushing for results. We have the luxury sometimes to say, okay, let's extend like uh, this project a few months so we get it right. Mm. Uh, but sometimes I wish I had a little more money to play with so we can accelerate faster. So it's trying to find that right balance. Today, we're pretty good. I could use a few hundred thousand extra dollars. You know, so. <laughs> awesome. Couldn't we all? And so just for those who don't know what bootstrapped is, because there might be some, some new WordPress entrepreneurs listening to this, bootstrapped comes from that saying where you, where you literally pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get on with things. So bootstrap means that you haven't taken on any external funding or investing, that you've just grown this business organically from your own sales and your own revenue. That's correct. And that does give you the flexibility to pretty much do whatever you want, but it also uh, does mean that you can't grow as quickly as you want to because you're just doing it from your own positive cash flow. That's correct. It also has a lot, business has a lot, has a lot to do with timing. Mm. And uh, it has to do with circumstances and timing a lot more than one person would like to admit. You know, We'd like to say, oh yeah, we're successful because we were awesome. Yeah, but we also <coughs> came at the right time at the right place and did the right thing so um, money helps you get to that right place at the right time quicker if it needs uh, sometimes you won't have the luxury of time so yeah. it all kind of, you have to find the, the right balance at the right place so. yeah all right let's just take a step back a little bit into uh, into history male poet was originally called what you sent what you sent is just awesome is that right that's correct. I'm so I'm impressed. What you sent is just awesome. I remember because yeah. I just discovered what you sent is just awesome just before I got to Pressnomics. And I just discovered this kind of plug-in with this really random name and I thought it was an interesting idea and then I'm standing at Pressnomics and I was chatting to you and someone else outside and you said oh, I'm Kim from we have a newsletter plug-in called What You Sent is Just Awesome. I'm like, "All oh, right, I just discovered this like a couple of weeks ago." So, how so how did what you sent is just awesome. Why did you rebrand to Male Poet, and what was the decision making behind that? Well, it, it was quite simple. Uh, what you sent is just awesome. The acronym is W Y S I G J A, and that's just too difficult to pronounce or even to remember how to write. <laughs> yeah, it's but not. It's not. It's not quite. It's not quite WYSIWYG, is it? 
No, it's not. <laughs> and uh, it was a fun name. It was a geeky name, but it was just like a, it was actually the kind of a case study of how not to give a name to your, your product. So after, after a few WordPress uh, WordCamps, because we don't really meet our users until they're in front of us. And each time we notice people would be str struggling with the name. So at that point on, we said, okay, let's go find another name and it has to be easy. So... And how did Male Poet come about? Because I think it's a beautiful name, Male Poet. I think, I think it's actually a very poetic name in itself. How did the name come about? Did you brainstorm that or did it just pop into your head? Yeah. Yeah, it was a – okay. First, we wanted to have a domain name that was available uh -huh. or that was being sold at a right price. Uh -huh. uh, the trouble is we really wanted to have the word uh, male in it. And um, – a lot of domain names with the word mail have been, uh, are already parked. So, uh, and we were like, okay, uh, mail, what, mail this. And then, you know, WordPress's uh, own tagline is uh, code is poetry. Mm. And so we were like, okay, mail, poets, you know, and they, they also had Code Poet, which is a, a, a website that run, that's run by uh, Automatic. So we were like, okay, mail, poet, that sounds okay. And poet writing, and after all, a good email is about good content. So mm. it's like our users can be poets as well. So that's how it came along. And the domain name was available awesome. for six ninety nine a year. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and so you didn't you didn't think about using the WP acronym like everyone else does, and myself included in the uh, in the name. No, because we always think we always thought maybe our business would expand outside WordPress. Mm. So we didn't want to have WP in there. Mm. Um, let's talk about how you've grown, and specifically, I want to talk about how you've managed to find the right people for your team. This is compl I didn't send you this in the script, by the way. This is compl I'm completely putting Kim on the spot right now. How do, you, <laughs> how do you find good people to join a team? So you're a team of twelve. You started out as a really small team. You've grown. How do you know – okay, two questions. First question is how do you know when you need to hire someone? And the second question is how do you then find the right person to sit in that seat? Okay. Uh, we always need people. So I could hire three people tomorrow if I could. I, uh, <laughs> if the budget was there, I, I would. We right. can't. Right. So uh, it's, uh, it's more – for us, it's more of a balanced thing, uh, money. Uh, as for finding the right people, uh, hiring, uh, we've, we've, um, ha I mean, we've had uh, mismatches with people we've hired in the past and there will always be mismatches. Now we've been able to sort of, uh, reduce that, um, our hiring is a lot more, may I say sophisticated, uh, we take a lot more time this is how we. This is usually how we proceed right now in hiring. Instead of just, uh, we ask for somebody to send us an email. We don't. We refuse CVs like attachments. Then, uh, so we have to read the, the email. Has to be you know, a good email, a good motivation in it. Then, when we're happy with that person, we ask them to. Um, we ask them to. Uh, uh, answer a few questions. We have like a little uh, test, okay? In support, it'll be like user questions. In, uh, co in development, it'll be just a few coding uh, questions. Uh, and then based on the results of that, then we interview. We do a first round with someone when we're, ha when, when, when we're happy with that 
first interview, then we get other staff to interview. This process can last like two months. Huh? So, but better filter in the beginning and get the right person with the right cultural fit than like discover there on after because training someone to join your team is, is just a lot of work. So yeah. And it, and the thing is that when you, when you fire staff and replace them, that actually costs the company money, doesn't it? Because you have to go and retrain and recruit someone new. It's also very demotivating. Um, and then again, I mean, uh, sometimes there's no, you know, sometimes, I mean, there's some guys we, we, there's some guys we split with, which I think they're great guys, you know, and for, we, for some reason we didn't manage to make it work out. So we don't like, I try to keep a good relationship, even with the people who depart or we, who we split from. So, mm. and how do you, how do you, one of the things that we've struggled with, and I think that we're still kind of coming to grips with is making sure that everyone has clearly defined roles. How, do you, are you like good at saying, okay, well, this is exactly what your role is and these are the parameters in which you operate? Uh, that's a tough one because in a small company, uh, depending on where the company is, what is the company currently doing, uh, has can suddenly change, you know? And yeah. so we do ask for, we do ask for a lot of flexibility and, uh, Sometimes we implement some like processes and then the next month they, they all change because suddenly we're working on something different. So it just takes a lot of, uh, you, you just, you need to find people who can get out of their comfort zone, you know, and that are, that, that can have different, uh, different, uh, uh, things that they're better at. So be more, yeah, flexibility is what we ask. Uh, but as we're growing, the, the roles are getting a little more uh, specified and uh, separated. Mm. For the better. And you guys, like, like a lot of us in the WordPress space, you guys are a remote team, so you have staff all over the place. H how do you manage the communication and how do you manage the kind of accountability of what people are supposed to be doing? Okay. The, uh, we use the same tools as most uh, remote offices we use. Like we have a chat, which people log in every day, say what they're working on. Uh, then we have you know different chat rooms for different projects. Uh, once a week, everybody has to write a status on a, a status of what he's been working on and what he will work on next week. So they, they usually write that on Fridays, mm -hmm. and then on Mondays we have a weekly. Uh, where we all get online and then we exchange verbally, but those are only 30 minutes. So we communication is key here in the remote office. Uh, you have to you have to communicate in more than usual to fill in that void of not having the possibility to lunch with someone or go have a beer with someone. So it, it's tricky. It's not always easy, but. Uh, I mean, if you hire freelancers that already work from home, they're used to being at home. So we, 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 all the people who we work with are, were all people that were freelancers. So they, they know, and they know the drill. So yeah. How do you keep a meeting with 12 people to under 30 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, everybody has to write his status update beforehand. Uh -huh. So we know what everybody's wor worked on previously. And so we only talk about the things that, uh, 
what, what we what we've tr what we're um, implementing now is that I try to get somebody to do a demo of what he's been working on recently oh. during those thirty minutes. So every we're going to try to have somebody rotate, and then here's what I did. Here's how it works. Tell me what you think. You know, even though if it's an unfinished. Uh, uh, unfinished feature thing they get to show and that's a great way to get to for everybody to acknowledge someone's work and appreciate and let him know you know it's a it's good for the morale of the of each person demoing so awesome um talking about features one of the things that we all struggle with as wordpress product companies is knowing what feature to put into the product next based on yeah. the feedback that we get from our customers how do you, is there a particular process that you guys go through to make that decision as to what feature is going to go in the next version? Um, we operate with a tight feedback loop from the support team. So if we get too many questions on a certain feature, then we'll go and improve that feature. So we try, right now we're, we're, we're actually, we, we're actually um, doing a big new version. So we're not in that uh, constant release uh, phase right now, but usually in a constant release phase, it's like, let's, it's like 80, we call the 80-20 rule where you spend 80% of of the time improving what is already existing 20% on new features now what is a new feature well you look at we're in a freemium model so what can benefit at like 90% of the users and what can benefit the users that could be paying for a feature but that are not yet paying for a feature these are the two sort of ways to look at how to implement a new feature and this is this is it's a nice beautiful segue into what I want to talk about with freemium how, so you have a you have a, the basic version of your plugin, which is really quite powerful as a free version. Um, so let's talk about that for a minute, and then and then I want to talk about how you know which features to charge for and put in the premium version. But before we talk about that, let's talk about um, why you decided to release. Like, do you think you could have achieved the same results that you've got now without having a free version of the plugin in the WordPress repository? Well, there's others who've done it, like Gravity Forms, and you know, there's other plugins that have uh, shown way. Uh, we didn't really have a choice in the sense that um, we wanted to compete at the scale of like Mailchimp in the WordPress community. Mm -hmm. So, and they have a free, um, they have a free plan. So we had to, ha we, you know, we had to compete with that free plan. So for now, I mean, it's hard to say what could have happened if it was only premium, uh, but at the same time, we've managed it just being freemium. So we do believe in the model. Now it's not always been easy, but we believe in the model. You've had 3.2 million downloads of the free version of the plugin. Now, just to be clear, also that these that figure includes when people update the plugin uh, who, who already have it installed. So, you know, thank you, Automatic, for giving us accurate statistics. Uh, <laughs> um, but what what um how, how do you? That's actually I, I will actually stop you there because that's true. That that's the don't count is a bit of a vanity uh, metric. Uh, what we count on is the active users. Now, it's kind of hard to trace how many active, view, active websites have us, but we do have a few hints. And uh, the, the one, there's one actually Australian startup that ha that's called Beltwit uh -huh. that uh, sort of has a robot that goes throughout the web and yeah. knocks on the sites and detects the technologies in 
but with they estimate that we they, that we have ninety thousand installs. Wow. Um, we by our own estimates, you know, uh, we do have we do sort of calculate through the the up, after an update, we look at the download count on the repository, and we sort of we think we probably have one hundred fifty thousand uh, active installs. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at built with right now, and it says ninety four thousand one hundred thirty eight active sites using MailPoet. <clears throat> That's uh, fascinating. Um, so, so giving away the plugin to so many people for free, we've been through this, not, not at that scale, because we target WordPress developers, not end users. So our user base is smaller. But what we have, what we have learned by giving away a free plugin to so many users is that it creates a support overhead. And that's why we have, like you do, we have a premium version of our plugins on the back end to raise revenue so that we can afford to sustain the, the free versions. So how, the, the, I guess the question is, how do you know what people are going to pay for? How do you know which features to keep and charge for and which ones to give away for free? How do you find that balance? That balance is very difficult. Uh, the, the only way to know it is to actually interview some of your users so you, you, you take some people's emails, you schedule Skype interviews, and then you, you, know, you run them through an interview process. And through that interview, uh, there are some uh, templates of interviews you can do. They're, they're pretty called, they're, they're, they're very close to what they call the minimum viable product interview. Uh, so the minimum viable product interview. Uh, if you do find it, then that's what you have to to figure out. Who are your users? Like, who are they exactly? Are they big companies? Are they uh, small people? Are they bloggers? Are they? Then you sort of segment them. You sort of figure out what their budget is. And then what they're willing to pay for, you know, what is critical to them. So usually people want to pay for two, you know, people who want to take out the credit card and pay, it's to either save a lot of time or, uh, or, um, or annoyances, save time or annoyances, or that they need, they need to be making more money. So they, they say, oh, I'll give you $100, but which, what that solution will give me back in return is higher. You know, that's when they value your product. Uh, it's fascinating stuff. I know we talked off camera about um, Ash Moriah from Running Lean and uh, the whole customer interview thing is something that uh, we've been doing ourselves as well. And the interesting thing I find is that how, how do you know when someone's just telling you what they think you want to hear because there's a difference between what someone will say and what someone will actually pay for, isn't there? Yeah. It's, it's almost impossible to ask anyone uh, what they would pay, how much they would pay for something. You <laughs> know? Right. The, way to, the way to work at it is you become a salesman and you pitch your, in the interview, you can pitch your price and see that person's reaction. And, and then when they say, well, that's too expensive, then you start arguing why there's why why that that what's the value for that price they're getting, and if you if in that argument you have with the person you sort of note you can note down what they've been uh, you know what are their arguments and in the, so in the next interview you do you you go again at it you can do like five interviews like that and sort of get a sense of how much you know what they would be willing to pay for. 
Where have you been learning the uh, the whole kind of lean approach to this iteration on product? Who have you, apart from Ash, who have you been reading and studying to learn this stuff? Well, I've uh, I've gotten like we we're transforming our business into uh, more of a SaaS in this year. Mm. Uh, instead of just selling a plugin, we'll sell us. Um, so I've been looking at SaaS uh, models, etc. And there is one website uh, by a, a venture capitalist and a former entrepreneur called David Kroc, K-R-O-K. And he has an article which is really like a mini book, which is called SAS Metrics 2.0. And SAS Metrics 2.0 is really an eye-opener on how to make a business a full SaaS successful business. So SaaS is service as a software. So you sell a membership instead of just selling a software. Interesting. Selling a membership, selling, selling a service membership. So interesting. So this, is this for entrepreneurs.com? SaaS That's metric? correct. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to yeah. put the links to all this stuff in the show notes because I'm sure a lot of people are going to, I'm going to go and reread this stuff myself afterwards, but I'm sure a lot of people are going to find this beneficial as well. Um, the, and now you were saying before the interview off camera, you were saying that you're, you're looking at scaling MailPoet and um, building your own, more of your own infrastructure in terms of sendability and, um, uh, and, and uh, tell me a little bit more about how you're handling the kind of infrastructure challenges there because I imagine it's a huge undertaking. Yeah, it is. It's uh, sending, e sending commercial email uh, is a complicated thing. There are no books. Uh, there are there. Very few how to do it. All the software it is proprietary, so you have to pay for it. There's no open source uh, software out there, or or free. Um, so, basically, it, it sort of all came down to what our users need and. Uh, we had noticed uh, that maybe thirty percent or let's say a third of our support queries are related to deliverability or configuration or sending issues, you know? So they're sort of, they're just the postman is not delivering basically. <laughs> so we were, we were asking ourselves, well, how can we hire a postman for our users? Maybe white label them like Mandrill or SendGrid, et cetera. And uh, after being in the talks with a few of those players, uh, I, I went to seek out a consultant in deliverability to ask him his third part opinion, just so we'd go in the right direction. He would take me right. And, um, and he just told me, well, look, if you're going to be at the scale of things you are, just build it yourself. And it'll cost you more in the beginning, but in the medium term, it will just, you could you're totally flexible to do whatever you want with your own platform and you own the technology. So, uh, we, uh, so we hired him and uh, we got an engineer with him and we're building our own email infrastructure right now. So it's like a mini Mandrill if you want, or a mini SendGrid or a mini Amazon SES. So, wow. <clears throat> that must, um, I imagine that must be keeping you up at night. 
<laughs> well, actually, it's uh, we have the right people on board, so I'm actually uh, not that I'm not too worried about it. Uh, I'm quite excited about it. <laughs> there's the distinction, isn't it? If you've got the right people in the right seats, it makes uh, it makes everything else come together and allows you to sleep easy. That's a very good. Uh, that's, there's a lesson in that for all of us. That's worth the price of admission alone, and for a free podcast, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> hey Kim, we should do the elevation round, which is for those that don't know, WP Elevation is a business accelerator for WordPress consultants. So, how about I ask you a series of quick questions about freelancing and consulting, and you can go back to your days of freelancing and pull that knowledge out of your head, and hopefully give us some quick fire answers off the top of your head. Sound good? That sounds very good. Awesome. Okay, so question number one is: What's the number one thing any freelancer or consultant absolutely needs to know? Consulting's number one rule is that it's a give and take relationship. You customer or client. You do 50, he does 50. If, that's, if there's no balance there, you're, the relationship is screwed. So you have to really set that expectation from the beginning. Otherwise, it will fail. I like that. No one's ever said that before. And I, it's a good distinction. What's the best thing you've ever done to find new clients? Um, that's a good question. I've always relied on uh, word of mouth. Mm. So deliver, deliver something that's slightly above expectation. So you can set the expectation lower at first, but then you just give the little bonus at the end. Awesome. Um, what is uh, how? How do you stop competing on price? This is my favorite question. On <laughs> price, uh, uh, that's that's really uh, when you have enough. You stop competing on price when you're allowed to select your own customers and yes. refuse that work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Exactly. It's all supply and demand, isn't it? It's basic economics, right? Uh, any tips on writing better proposals? Oh, wow. Uh, keep them short. Well, they're basically writing uh, tips, right? Keep them short and readable and fun to read. Hey, I like that. No one said fun to read before. Humor if you need to. Keep them short, yeah, readable. Yeah. And fun to read. That's nice. I like it. Um, do you have a favorite tool or system for client relationship management? Oh, there we go. You froze Sorry. on me, but you, you just froze on me, yeah. but now you're back. Cool. Tell me again. Do you have a favorite tool or system for CRM? I actually don't have a CRM. And I've, I, it's just been my email inbox. That's all it's been. So that's it. Uh, you know, I've spoken with some uh, CEOs of very large companies who say Gmail is their CRM. <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. Yeah. What's the best way to keep a project and a client on track? Um, it's, a, it's about uh, setting, it's about, it's, that relationship you said in the beginning, I ex I'm going to deliver on the promise that you delivered this on time. And uh, that keeping that is a, a constant reminder. So I don't know, it depends how long your project is, but if it's like a, the project will last for three months, 
Then you just set up a weekly talk with the client where we have oh, this account okay, Fridays, our weekly talk. This is what we had to do. This is what I had to do. This is what you, you had to do. Are, are we late on this? And why are we late? So it's just a good communication, just uh, enabling a good communication between you and your customer and officializing it by adding a recurring event in a calendar. Yeah. You know, that's great advice. And it's something that I see so many people, and I've done it in the past myself, is when, when you go into development mode and you put the blinkers on and you're in the dark room coding away and you've got two weeks of code to do, your client doesn't know that you're really busy working on their project and they just need a regular update to make them feel comfortable that something's being done. Mm, correct. Yeah, good advice. Um, any ideas for getting referrals from existing customers? Um, yeah, well, if you're, mm, that's a good question. Uh, the best way to get a good referral is to have, uh, one page on your website, which, you know, the thing is, if you're going to, if you're going to present yourself, you have to have a one pager online. I, I always like, for example, about.me, which is just a one pager mini CV style, straightforward and honest. And you can ask your customers just to like, Go to this page. This is what the guy does. Here's the photo of the guy. He's a uh, or girl. There, there. He's he or she is nice. And that's it, you know. But have a very maybe a one pager sort of CV somewhere uh, on your sites. I love about me as well. I, I was one of the first people to sign up for that, and I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, and it's just be- and it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I love it as well. Yeah. Uh, all right, final question in the elevation round. What's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself from everyone else out there? Don't try to do everything. Uh, for example, if you, uh, let's say, I, I've always been quite good at SEO, actually, organic SEO. Right. But I've never, I've never considered myself a, uh, an SEO. SEO professional, and I never pretended I was. So, you know, I could say to the client, for example, hey, uh, you know, uh, just here's, I know this much, but if you really want to reach your business goal, go see elsewhere, right? So just be honest with yourself, know your limits, don't sell the whole wagon, uh, just uh, stick to your guns and what you know best, and it'll work out better that way. Awesome. Um, all right. Thank you for answering the questions in the elevation round. Uh, much appreciated. What's the future for uh, Male Poet? Where do you think Male Poet, or where do you hope Male Poet will be in the next 12 months? That's a good question. I don't often say this publicly, so uh, I kind of keep it under wraps. But we we want to... We want to go on a bigger scale. We want a product that can be used by really everybody. We're not quite there yet. And we're, so there's the sending service doing our plugin right now. We're, we're redoing our visual editor, the drag and drop interface where users can add their content. So we're, we've decided on the whole scale to up the level. And, uh, we're, we're aiming for a, a 500,000 websites in two, two, three years from now. That's what we're aiming for. So wow. going awesome. five times what we are today, yeah. Excellent. It's a little ambitious, but rather have ambitious goals. Totally. You have to be ambitious. Someone said to me recently, you have, you're going to spend as much energy and work as hard to double your results as you are to 10x your results. So you may as well just try and 10x your results. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's easier said than done. Of course. But that's about right, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Hey, we should also announce the competition, and I'm going to throw you on the spot here again because I didn't ask you this uh, prior to the interview. Um, but we, you're giving away, you are very, very kindly sponsoring 10 licenses of the blogger license of MailPoet, which is valued at $99 a year. So thank you very much for that. Now, uh, when, what I usually do is say to people, hey, to enter the competition, leave a comment under the video and tell Kim the number one blank. So tell me, what is it that you want to learn from our audience? What would you like them to, what kind of feedback would you like them to give in order to enter the competition? Oh, it's easy. They can just tell, they can just write in what's their favorite newsletter uh, solution and why. Nice. And it doesn't have to be male poet. You're not going to get extra no, points. No, no. You're not going to get extra points for saying male poet because no, Kim's a nice no, no. guy. <laughs> okay, it has to be, uh, yeah, it, has, it can be male poet where I just want the honest answer, yeah. but I just want to know why. Yeah, That's cool. All. all right, so leave your feedback under the video. Tell Kim what is your favorite ma email newsletter solution and why, and I'll get Kim to swing by in a couple of weeks and award those 10 prizes. Thank you so much, man. That's very generous of you. Pleasure. Hey, it's been an absolute pleasure spending some time with you on the WP Elevation podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, where can people reach out and say thanks to you, man? They can write at Kim at mail.com. Nice. Kim at mailpoet.com. Awesome. Thank you very much. And finally, who would you like me to try and interview and why? I would really like to interview a guy you in, the interview, in this interview, actually, it's the author of the book Running Lean. His name is Ash Maria, and uh, he, he's a great editor, and he has a lot of tips for those who want to get a product out there. So it's more product oriented, but he has great tips. He does, and um, uh, we've actually uh, had a little bit of mentoring from Ash, and so I'm going to reach out to Ash again. We did the Running Lean Boot Camp. I'm going to reach out to Ash again and definitely get him on the uh, the podcast because he is. You, you, there's, there have been a few people who have recommended him now, so thank you for kicking me up the bum to remind me to get Ash on the podcast. <laughs> awesome. Great. Hey, thanks again for spending some time with us, Kim. I really appreciate it, and I wish you all the best for the future of Male Poet, my friend. Thanks for having me on board. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Troy. Thanks, Kim. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the WP Elevation podcast with Kim Gearstard from Male Poet as much as I enjoyed it. Uh, I've certainly got a lot of time for Kim and love chatting with him about all WordPress business stuff whenever we get the opportunity. Uh, of course, this episode is sponsored by WP Migrate DB Pro, uh, our good friend Brad Tauernard at Delicious Brains. Um, and you heard from one of their users earlier on as to what that plugin is all about and how it can help you keep your databases up to date and migrated and, um, uh, and in sync between your local development site and your remote site and all those good things that we should be doing as developers, of course. So check it out at WP Migrate DB Pro. Uh, I'll put the link underneath the video. Or if you're listening to this and you're not going to visit the website, which of course you should to subscribe to the podcast and do all that kind of cool thing. Um, but if you want the link, just go to deliciousbrains.com and then click on the WP Migrate DB Pro link and uh, you'll uh, be able to grab it there. Uh, and the pricing currently is $90 for a personal license, $199 for developer. That gives you up to 100 installs. That's nuts. Uh, and 230 installs with the Elite license, which is 450. So check it out at deliciousbrains.com. 
uh, all about WP Migrate DB Pro to keep your WordPress databases up to date and in sync and migrated. Uh, of course, subscribe to the podcast at wpelevation.com slash subscribe, and we'll send you an email every Thursday morning with a link to the latest episode. And everything relating to this particular episode, you can get in the show notes at wpelevation.com forward slash Kim Gerstard, which is K-I-M-G-J-E-R-S-T-A-D. That's K-I-M-G-J-E-R-S-T-A-D. Uh, and that will take you to the show notes for this particular episode where you can get all the links and all the goodies that Kim and I spoke about. Hey, if you like this podcast, please give us a five-star review at iTunes. It really helps us come up in the search results. And remember to leave your comment underneath the video and tell Kim your favorite email newsletter solution and why. And it doesn't have to be Mail Poet. Just tell him what your favorite email solution is, seriously, honestly, and why. And you could win one of the 10 blogging licenses of Mail Poet that Kim is giving away as part of this episode, and they're valued at $99 a year. Next week on the podcast, we have Sarah Pressler. I think it, Sarah, it might be Sarah, I'm not sure. I'll find out next week. Sarah Pressler is a vintage blogger, has been around since the late 90s blogging, is apparently, according to the internet, is a very demanding uh, I'm getting this off the 2013 Denver WordCamp website, is a exceptionally demanding classical ballet teacher, um, has been a mummy blogger. I believe at one stage worked with Web Dev Studios as a technical project manager. If she's not still there, I'm not sure what she's up to these days, but we're going to find out on the podcast when I interview Sarah Pressler next week. So make sure you stick around for that. And until next time, I've been Troy Dean. Go Elevate.